Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hello, and welcome to What to Say When Things Get Tough, a podcast dedicated to helping you communicate more effectively in difficult situations, both personal and professional. I'm your host, Leonard S. Greenberger. Our guest today is Philip Anthony Mangan, a New York City-based actor, model, and dedicated vegan. He's also a fellow Floridian. In fact, we grew up about 20 minutes from each other outside Fort Lauderdale. We touch on everything from how to break through the stereotypes that many people hold regarding a vegan lifestyle, to how to convince those who accept climate change but aren't sure what they can do about it that they can make a difference. Along the way, we touch on a number of important principles related to communicating effectively in difficult situations. I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you so much, Phil, for yeah. uh, joining us on the podcast. I like to start my interviews with a question about my guest's family history because I'm fascinated by ancestry and people's mm-hmm. family immigration stories. So tell us a little bit about where you grew up and where your family is from and how they made their way to the United States whenever they did. I grew up in Florida, South Florida to be exact. It's nice because it's nice and warm down there all the time. But uh, my parents, they were, they were raised in Chicago, and that's where my whole dad's side of the family still lives to this day. My ancestry goes, especially on my dad's side, goes to Ireland. I believe it was my grandfather's dad who, who came over here and planted the family here. On my mom's side, we are, my mom's mom is German, and my mom's dad is Iranian. Oh, wow. Okay. So we all, we have a, a little bit of mix of a bunch of different things. As far as going more in depth than that, I don't know too much, but I am uh, grew up in a great family and I'm very thankful for it. My parents are still together. I have you know, two brothers. Just uh, it's a big part of my life is uh, staying connected with them and I wouldn't be where I am today without them. What part of South Florida did you grow up in? Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I mean, I, I say Fort Lauderdale because it's the, the thing that people know about most. It was actually west of Fort Lauderdale, about 20 minutes west, more inland, called Pembroke Pines, small little uh, suburb. Yeah, well, I went to high school in Coral Springs. Oh, okay, so you're familiar with the area then. Yeah, I, uh, my family is from Cleveland, Ohio, going back many generations. But uh, when I was 12, my, my family, my dad, mom, and brother moved down there. Yeah, it's a a nice area to grow up in, too. Like, I mean, I was thankful to have that childhood. I mean, I'm and I stayed in Florida for most of my life. Wasn't until like five years ago that I moved to Manhattan. I can't say that I'll plant myself here, especially in the city, but it's been nice so far. I think it's definitely yielding uh, what I desire. And I take trips home frequently. So you wear a number of hats in doing a little bit of research on you. Mm -hmm. uh, And I think like to take sort of each of those in turn and, and maybe talk, hopefully talk a little bit about some of the communication challenges that you've encountered. Uh, so I thought we'd start with your work as a, a health and wellness coach. And as I understand it, you work specifically or largely with, as you describe it, 
overwhelmed women looking to lose weight and retake control of their lives. So tell us a little bit about your approach and specifically about the concept of simple and consistent self-care habits. That's something I've only recently begun to think about myself. So I'm very interested to know how you approach that. I think a lot of the way I coach is just based off of what I've learned and, and how to form those habits in my life and, and the impact they've, they've created for me. I've always, always been connected to physical activity in, in some sort of greater way, at least for the longest of time. Grew up playing sports. In college, it transitioned more into weightlifting. And so it was always something that I really knew was a big part of me, you know, just keeping myself balanced in that way. And, it, and eventually it grew from not just working out to look good. It was more of the, the mental health aspect of it. And I saw how it really kept me grounded and balanced. And then the physical aspect of it just is an extra bonus, I say. During my downtime in, in the modeling industry, decided to get my personal training certification and didn't really know what I wanted to do with that. I just knew this is a great uh, thing to have. You know, everyone's going to always need training at some point. So something to fall back on, something that it's a great, like I said, thing to have. So eventually I kind of came to terms that I didn't want to train people in the gym. I didn't want to show them exercises. I wanted to teach them how to keep showing up at the gym. That was what more of my interest was, is just trying to form the habit of staying consistent. And uh, I looked at kind of like how I was approaching life in many different ways, um, not just with going to the gym, but how impactful like my sleep habits were and taking time for me and, and really kind of staying balanced in a greater way. And um, spent a lot of time working on myself, to be honest, and being able to look at things in a way that most men might not be able to. So that's kind of why I've uh, targeted women to begin with. Actually, my goal was I to work with men because I, I believe they need it more. I know how hard it was for me to get to this point. But I thought if I was to offer a service to someone right now, who is it going to speak to most? It's going to speak to the women and from the women, hopefully will come the men. I believe, like I said, the, the self-care habits don't have to be something that uh, controls your whole life. I think it's something that we have to look at in a way that is just like going to work, spending time with our family. You know, you hear that, you know, the thing often on the plane, you, you put your mask on before you help others. I believe we need to be starting to take more time for ourselves, even if it's if you got 30 minutes for yourself, you know, use it to your advantage. Um, I think we spend a lot of time or wasting, wasting a lot of time in, in areas that we might not, not necessarily benefit us. So I think it's about restructuring your time throughout the day. The, the starting point to all that is the sleep schedule. And I think when you can get your sleep intact and you feel rested, then you can go throughout your day a bit more aware of where your time's getting wasted and a bit more aligned to your goals and what you want. So I, that's just a little small thing I'll share right away, but you know, that it all starts with there. We all, we all sleep. So if you can, if you can form a great sleep habit over time, I think it's, it's going to benefit you in every other aspect of your life. What you've said, it, it really speaks to me. I, I'm 55. I had never thought in terms of self-care. Like you, I, I, you know, I've been lifting weights for 35 years now. I run, try to generally stay in shape, but it was always about looking good. It, I never thought of it in terms of feeling good. And it's only in the last six months or so after a fairly serious medical event that I began to think in terms of self-care or even became 
aware that there was such a thing as self-care, if that makes sense. And so now I really do see it more of, you know, it's still nice to look good, but it really is about feeling good, staying in shape, keeping everything grounded and centered. And as you point out, it, it plays into sleep and your eating habits and all kinds of things. Not that I have great eating habits still. That's one area that I'm <laughs> still working on. But, you know, I started to try to get up every morning and do something physical, walk the dog, get a good start to the day after getting, as you point out, a good night's sleep. And uh, this is sidetracking a little, but you mentioned that you, you think men sort of need it more and I think that's probably true, right? That uh, women tend to think that way, I think, more naturally. But men just don't, as I think, as often think in terms of self-care. Why, why do you think that is? I think we're taught to be tougher at, mm. the, at the beginning of, of life. I mean, from society in general, I think so. We have this mentality of we're going to, we're okay, no matter what. We don't, you know, like I know a lot of people don't want to go to the doctor and they think they're going to be okay. And mm. So I think we take this as men, naturally, we take this corrective approach if something happens rather than a preventative. Mm. For me, it's always actually been the opposite. It's, it, it went from basically the way I started being more preventative was when I graduated college and, you know, had to start worrying about myself or like getting insurance and stuff like that. And I was dealt with some stuff like with the, the economy, like right when I got out of college, it was really bad and jobless and having, you know, so it's like, Hey, well, what can I do? I can take care of myself. So I don't have to go to the doctor. I don't have to go to the dentist. So I just looked at those things as if I'm not making money to afford these other things, what can I be do, doing to save myself, save money? And that's just, like I said, then the society has taught us a lot of just how we're, we're strong. We don't need to worry about this stuff. To try to steer things back to the topic of the podcast and communication, when you work with women, you know, who are looking to to lose weight or you know generally improve their their health and well being, what kind of communication challenges do you run into in terms of you know convincing them that to change their habits or to do things differently than they have in the past in order to improve their health and well being? I think everyone's different. Some people are easier to reach, but I think the the communication challenge that I see most is people are stuck in their ways. I always say, you know, it's, I think there's it's a famous quote or something. If if you've if you want something different, you have to do something different, basically. So like if you keep doing the same thing and you get the same result, change it up. And I think it all it all starts with being open. And it's and it's tough. I understand because I think. When you communicate openly and you get to that place, it's, it's, it's going into this very deep vulnerability inside yourself. I'm very at ease with it when I, when I coach people because I don't try to get them to open up. It's almost kind of like a lot of what I do is almost similar to therapy because, you know, you, you're not unlocking everything on day one of therapy. So I kind of really just go in a, in a simple manner when I approach people and, and kind of try to read them and see like how open they are to looking at things in a new way. If I'm coaching, it's a long game because there's not like everyone doesn't have this epiphany every day that I need this. It's about showing up consistently and me maybe saying something that maybe registers to someone else. And eventually they come to terms that, Hey, this is, this is actually something that I, I want. Or this is, or maybe they know at the beginning, but they're too afraid to, to dive into it. So it takes time to, to make a big change in your life. It's, it's hard to, because we're, a lot of people are just okay being in their ways, even if it's bad, you know, even if it's not the best situation, it's safe. 
I'm very much in that situation myself right now. And I really am trying to change my habits, but it is hard. It is so hard. The good news is I have a clean bill of health and it's not good. necessarily anything I have to worry about going forward, but it's still, it's still a real wake up call. I'm getting into that stage of life, right? Where mm. I can't just do whatever I want and expect my body to uh, handle it uh, mm -hmm. as it used to. And, you know, I've gotten, my sleep habits have gotten better. Always been a challenge for me my whole life. I am doing better with my staying on top of my physical health and trying to work on my mental health. But yeah, the diet, nutrition, sleep, all that stuff that you've been doing for decades, you know, the one way it's, it is so hard to, to switch it up. So yeah. yeah, the more that you, the more, the longer you, you've done it for the harder it is to switch it up. So that's why I, I see a lot of, uh, it's harder for, you know, maybe people your age compared to a 20 year old to change because they, they haven't done it as long. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's also one of the things that we say in my business is the importance, or I should say emphasizes the importance of knowing your audience um, and who you're speaking to and where they're coming from and what biases and understanding they bring to the table. And I think in, in that line of work, it's probably the same thing. So you have to be a little aware of uh, each different, each client is different. They're coming mm -hmm. different points in their lives, different reasons why they're reaching, they're engaging you and understanding where they're coming from and moving them along is a, is a big part of it. Completely. Yeah. Everyone is, everyone is different. And, uh, and you have to, yeah, you have to know that going into it because if you try to, and that's why I think I wanted to do the one-on-one -on -one coaching because I felt like if I just wrote a library of information, cause I know I've seen how I, I don't learn, I don't learn a certain way. So I know other people are the exact same way. It's like you had, if I gave you a diet plan, it'd be different for someone else. It's mm -hmm. like our, all, all of our bodies are different. Our minds are different. So it's, you have to go into that knowing it from the beginning, or, you know, you'll get caught up in, you know, later on seeing that why it's not working. Let's uh, take off the uh, wellness coach hat if, if we can, and, and yeah, sure. replace it with your, our children's earth foundation hat. You are the director, still are the director of sustainable I, culture I, at I, there? I, or? I'm not currently anymore. I mean, okay. it, it was, uh, I mean, I'm still involved in like a minimal way, but I, I'm not like, the position I was before with them, but. Okay. Well, I'd still like to talk a little bit about your experience yeah, there. Sure. Uh, I do a lot of work in the energy field, primarily on the industry side. Uh -huh. So my clients are often perceived as wearing black hats. I could make an argument that they are doing their best to try to, uh, you know, put on the white hat as often as they can to continue with the hat metaphor. But there are so many organizations like that one that, that you were with that thankfully have taken up cause of sustainability and climate change and the overall health of the earth. But when you were there with all that competition, how did you help them or work with them to break through that noise and, and have a real impact? I helped them coming from like my own experiences. So basically I got involved with them after I went vegan. And then I got really big into sustainable living because once I want vegan, I want vegan for nutritional reasons just to try it out. But then it opened up my, my eyes to all the things uh, environmental and environmentally wise. So like they brought me on board to kind of be that person to communicate with others uh, and share my experiences because I was just like most people that want to want to make a difference or maybe they don't know and they need to unlock something to see things in a new way. And I think that's kind of like what I talk about, like with change and being open. I, I think most people, they don't, they're, they're not open enough to see or connect with a problem in a greater way. But I think that all starts with the personal well-being and just 
that is kind of why, like, I think a lot of the things that I do, like the hats that I wear are interconnected because I wouldn't be where I was out the wellness of unlocking my mind in a way to, because if I'm, if I'm taking care of me and I'm good, now I can give a crap about something else. And I think that's where I kind of started seeing like one of my goals is to get more people to care about in the environment. So that's where I see like, okay, well, my coaching is valuable in this way because it's a starting point to getting them there. And I think when, you know, I, you know, a lot of the work I did for that organization, it was really just kind of sharing my experiences and being someone that you can relate to because it's not every day that like people have this like kind of like epiphany and it's in some people, some things it speaks you know, hey, this speaks to you more than this speaks to you. But I think if you can look at the world as like a whole, that everything is connected in that way, then it doesn't matter. You, you might not be able to, to do everything, but doing something is, is playing a part in the role. So I think that that's really where I came into play there. And that organization is really trying to connect to, to people in a greater way and build those relationships and open people's eyes to to what's going on. And I think that's the issue. We hear a lot of information, but we don't know how to like absorb it in the proper way. I've seen a fair amount of communications research on the subject of climate change and the challenge of reaching people, not, not those who are hardcore deniers that you're yeah. never going to change their minds, you. nor the, you know, the folks on the other end of the spectrum who are completely bought in and doing everything they can, but those in the middle who recognize that it's an issue, but as you point out, are almost overwhelmed by the enormity of it and feeling almost helpless in the face of this gargantuan sort of complicated, difficult to understand science. And often people will just stick their heads in the sand because they just don't want to have to deal with it. And what this research that I've seen increasingly shows is that the most effective tool is personal empowerment. So what can you do as an individual relatively easily to make a difference? Yes, it's a very small difference, but it can help people make you know, feel better about themselves. It can help them to spread the word to family and friends and neighbors. And if you get enough individuals acting collectively, you might actually, you know, make a difference. I just want to add to that a little bit is I think a lot of times is we think, oh, it's like the government and stuff like that. It's, it's out of our control. You know, it's these leaders that are doing it and maybe we can have some sort of influence on it. Maybe we can't, but there's a lot of things that you can be doing personally. And that's actually honestly like why I look at what you can do rather than like saying, Hey, if you don't like to go go to these different rallies or pick it somewhere with, you know, and these different things. I could just put vegetables on my plate and that'll create a great impact for this planet. I can compost my food scraps and that's creating a, a big impact, you know? So I look at those things as very empowering. What you, what you do and your habits in that way, especially what you eat or what you buy that affects everything else that trickles everywhere, you know, around and it'll, it'll affect the economy in, in some sort of way. People, the manufacturers will see that there's a change and less of a demand for certain things. So I think that is the, the single most important thing is realizing that you, you there's a lot of things that very can, can be very impactful. If you, if you look at things in, in that sort of way, you mentioned your veganism, Mm-hmm. What uh, led to your decision to pursue the vegan lifestyle? 
I watched the documentary, What the Health. I think change is addicting to a certain extent, or like at least it, it initiates other changes in you. And I think in a matter of a year, I went from, I used to run a party bus business. So closed out that business, I used to have long hair, chopped off my long hair that I had for 15 years, moved to Manhattan, got into the modeling and acting industry. And it's like all those like changes, just one after another. And then so I, I get it to watching this documentary and really just kind of spoke to me as in, wow, like, especially the health, health and wellness part of it. This is, you know, like, this could be something more for, for my, my well-being. And I was just open to trying it. So I think like after going through so many changes, I wasn't scared to try something new. And I think I was more into doing it my own way, like where, hey, people are skeptical about doing veganism because I think there's just, they feel like there's so many different rules or this and that. And I just kind of told myself, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it my way and not let anyone else like kind of affect me in that manner. And I did it my way. I kind of just, just from like, you know, that starting point, I threw out everything in my fridge and, you know, just kind of tried to learn. And I, since I was so interested in the the nutrition side of it, I just was always doing a lot of research. I remember those first like couple of weeks, I was trying to learn how to get enough protein and make sure I was doing it right. Because I think a lot of times there's, there's not enough information or people don't have enough information to make a change like that and make it work for them. The more I did it, the more really, um, like I said, unlock those other things for me. And I think that's kind of what made me keep going even more so is I was just kind of, it was changing my view on a lot of things and getting me more connected to, to certain things that I didn't see before. Like, I, I'll just tell you a really quick story. Like I remember going home for Thanksgiving and my parents, you know, they had turkey as usual, no one in my family is vegan. And when you're set, you know, like when you're like kind of determined to make something happen, or like to, or you know who you are, you don't get influenced so much on, on others. And I think it made me really just feel like empowered that I wasn't kind of, even though I, you know, like you grow up and you, you use, you know, food to bond together and all these different things. Like, I didn't feel like I was on the outside when I went there and I did that. I felt like if anything, it made me see that like, it's not the food that connects us. It's the people. It's the, it's the time that you spend with them. And, um, I think honestly, that's, that's a problem that most people have because they're afraid how other people are judging them and, you know, their decisions and they're easily influenced. But I think when you're kind of like clear with what you want, you don't let other things stand in the way of getting it. So I think like for me, veganism really made me open my mind in a greater way. And I was very appreciative for that. I'm still obviously vegan now. And I think it's morphed a bit more into not saying I'm... Actually, I haven't ate meat in like five years, but not like just kind of being more open minded, because I think when you learn stuff as a vegan, you start looking at things only one sided, as in this is bad, this is why it's bad, or, you know, and then it's like, I think if anything, like, sometimes I go back, like, maybe what I learned then isn't the best way or it's, you know, so it's always kind of continuing to question what you learned, and it could change again. And I don't really have any plans on eating any meat or anything like that. But, you know, when you make a change like that, it, it kind of is empowering in, in many other ways. You're just really not afraid to make more changes to your life. Like, you know, and then you feel like you can, you remember back, you know, hey, like, look how long it took me to make that transition. It took me probably about like seven, eight months to really mm -hmm. 
get my body in a good place to where it was used to it and to cut every animal product out. Yeah. So it's a process like anything in life. Well, it's funny. You mentioned that you cut your long hair 15 years and then (laughs) became vegan because my own preconceptions probably from watching too many movies and television shows is that vegans tend to be, you know, sort of hippie types, (laughs) very left wing. You can almost pick them out of a crowd, but I can assure our listeners I'm I'm looking at Philip and he's (laughs) very clean cut. He told you he worked at a hedge fund in Manhattan. I don't think you'd question it. So maybe not what people, you know, these stereotypes people hold of of vegans, but you mentioned a couple of things, but for anybody who might be, I I, I think that's a bridge too far for me. I have to be honest. If I can just cut some of the Coca-Cola out of my life, the the gallons that I consume every day, that would probably be uh, as far as I'll be able to go. But for anybody who might be thinking about it, what, what are some of the challenges that you see that people might come across and how can they overcome them? You know, everything from finding vegan meals to vegan clothing, all that kind of thing. The number one challenge is uh, in, in people's minds, at least is it's expensive. And I think honestly, it's only expensive if you buy expensive processed vegan food. I think you can eat a very, it's actually cheaper in my opinion, when you eat a lot more f- fruits, vegetables, and beans and all that stuff, you know, yeah, I think to be honest, it's a, it's cheap, but you have to be willing to, I don't, I, and I never suggest people to go straight into it. I, I suggest just like a couple of days a week, if you can trade a meal, you know, and, and try to use some, utilize some beans and utilize some like things that you don't necessarily do. When I talk about myself diving right into it, I would never do that again. I, yeah. I don't, I don't wish, I don't think that's the best way to transition into anything when I'm all in on something, I'm all in. And it's like, I get like this narrow, like this is the tunnel vision, I guess you'd say. And I just do, I do it full force, but I think anyone that wants to actually like do it, it's, it's great. But I think even for yourself, I think the, even if you want to like help the planet and think about like, Hey, I want to, it's just about eating less of the meat. That's the main thing. Like if you, if you look at it in that scale, like I don't have to have every meal this way even for your health, I think like less of the, the meat, less of these things, you know? So it's something that is a little bit more than just like a little short answer. But I think at the end of the day, the best way that I was able to go vegan, like the what thing that I, when I started actually thriving in it was I eat a lot of the same things every day. I'm very, very simplistic with it. I have oatmeal for breakfast. I have a salad for lunch. I have probably like a vegetable cooked vegetable plate for dinner. So I eat a lot of like just the same things, but I eat the things I enjoy. So that's the thing. It's like, Hey, I like this, eat more of it. And when maybe you need a change, you go out and have, have a meal out, you know, in some time or something like that. So I think that's the, like anything in life, the, the more you can simplify anything, the easier it is to stay consistent with it. Well, there you go. You've already given me an idea, which is maybe I'll pick a day and it'll be vegetarian Tuesday, you know, that you don't have to jump right into something. You can do it little by little and, and even, even small steps can, uh, can have a positive effect. We've covered the waterfront here from self-care to climate change, to veganism. Um, Let me bring it back around and and close with a question that's right up the alley of this show. And that is what general advice based on all of your experiences would you have for anybody who finds themselves trying to communicate effectively in a difficult situation? The way you react is going to cause, uh, you know, the chain reactions of everything else. Mm-hmm. So 
I was telling my friend the other day that I, it's rare that I can, I can get angry or I feel anger, but you know, it's not because I don't think I'm like built any differently than people. It's that I think that I think about anger. If someone does something to me that would instantly cause anger, I think of back, well, me getting angry helped this. And it's usually like, since I'm done it so much in the, in the mind, I think that's where the anger just doesn't even show up. It's like, hey, well, we already know that isn't, so we're not even going to even consider that a possibility to be angry back. When you can kind of get in tune into understanding that a lot of the times, like when we react to something and we're putting energy into that reaction, it could actually be draining us in a, in a way that isn't really kind of change anything that happened or in that communication. So I think before you find yourself in a situation like that, I think the best way to really be able to harness that skill a bit more is, you know, taking some time for yourself, like maybe even for like 15, 20 minutes every day, I journal every day, kind of get in touch with how I'm feeling and why I'm feeling certain ways. I think that helps to be honest, like, cause if I'm in tune to, if something's bothering me and I'm in tune to it, maybe like someone says, like, you know, say we're having a conversation and I found myself in a difficult situation trying to like hold back certain things. Maybe I'm not even reacting to you. Maybe it's something that's built up inside me like mm-hmm. that is, you know, else. So I think when you can kind of understand like why you're feeling certain things, you don't instantly kind of go into taking it out on someone else. So I think that's a very helpful skill to have is like to try to just get in touch with your feeling every day. And even if it's a 10, 15 minute journal session or just a quiet time that's going to play a big role in the rest of your relationships and, you know, throughout the day and, you know, your interactions and how you show up because uh, you'll be able to be at kind of, especially if you take that time and you're a little bit more peaceful. Well, we can definitely all use a little more peace. Philip Anthony Mangan, it's very nice to connect with you. Always nice to chat with a fellow Floridian. Yeah. Great to chat with you too. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. As always, thank you to Jim Cirillo of jimiumgroup.com for our original music and to Rachel Greenberger for our original art. If you have any thoughts or ideas for topics you'd like us to cover or questions you'd like to ask, please send an email to wtswtgt at gmail.com and please follow us on Twitter at hashtag WTSWTGT. Until next time, always be positive. inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.